Real Christianity is sponsored by our partners and by the personal injury law offices of Mosley Collins. If you or a loved one are injured, you should call Mosley at 916-444-4444 for help. That's all fours for legal help. For over 25 years, attorney Mosley Collins has been helping families that have suffered serious injury or wrongful death. He represents people seriously hurt in accidents, including automobile crashes, motorcycle crashes, people injured as pedestrians, people who have fallen, and all other serious injury cases. When you're injured, the last thing you need is another bill. That's why if attorney Mosley Collins takes your case, there is never a fee until he wins. Mosley recovers money from insurance companies who have promised to pay if they're insured accidentally hurts you. If your loved one is badly injured, dial 916-444-4444 for help. Just remember, that's all fours for legal help. Welcome to Real Christianity with Mosley Collins, a weekly call to a deeper walk with God. Here's Mosley. Hello and welcome to today's program. And you know, it's always such a joy and such a privilege to come into your home or in your car and talk to you about the things of God. And now we're on a series, Seven Things God Loves to Hear You Say. And today we're on number four. But let's just review for a second the first three. The first thing that God loves to hear you say is, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now that is found in Matthew 16, 13 through 18. And Jesus, as you might remember, was talking to his disciples and he said, who do people say I am? And people said, well, they say you could be Isaiah or Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And then Jesus asked, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Now, how do I know God loves to hear you say and pray that? It's because of what Jesus said. As soon as Simon said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, if you with me believe Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Son, in fact, the living Son of the living God, you have received that from God himself. You don't learn that from man. That's a revelation from God to you. And how important is that revelation, that belief? Here's what Jesus said in the next verse, verse 18, and I say to you that you are Peter, which means a small rock, and upon this great rock, that is the confession, the belief that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Upon this great rock, this belief, this revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, Jesus valued this so highly that he chose it as the foundation, this belief. He chose as the foundation to build his entire church. And he guaranteed that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so that's why God loves it when we say and when we pray, Jesus, you are the Christ. I know you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that was the first thing. The second one that God loves to hear you say is, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And if you remember, there were two men, Jesus said, went up to the temple to pray. And one prayed, 
like this. God, I thank you that I am better than others. I fast, I tithe, and I'm not like that other man over there, that publican, that tax collector. But the tax collector would not even lift his eyes towards heaven, but just simply prayed, smote his breast and prayed, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said that that man who prayed the second prayer, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, he went home justified in the sight of God. Justified meaning just as if he'd never sinned. In other words, when we pray, God, have mercy on me, a sinner, we are forgiven. Now, the third thing that I that we talked about that God loves to hear you say is, I repent. And I, I know it's what God loves to hear because that was the central message that Jesus brought in his ministry on earth, was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Repent means a radical turn in our life, a born-again experience where we turn from the world and make Jesus our Lord and Savior. So those are three things God loves to hear us say. And today, let's discuss the fourth thing God loves to hear us say. And it is simply, thank you. It can be, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, or any of those. And God simply loves to hear you say, thank you. Now, why does God love to hear you say, thank you? It's not for his benefit but it's for our benefit. God knows that when we say sincerely, thank you, God, it puts our heart and our mind in the right relationship with him. Now, I want you to think of something right now that you can be thankful for. We're going to take a minute for you to think about that. Maybe you're thankful for your health or your family or your job or your home or your children or a healing, or maybe you're just thankful because you're alive. So let's just take a minute. I want you to think of one thing at least. Okay, now do you've got that in mind? Now with that in mind, I want you to say out loud with me, thank you, God. Just close your eyes, unless you're driving, in which don't close your eyes, and say it with me and mean it. Thank you, God. Can you feel the peace that comes from that? The gratitude, the healing? Thank you, God. When we thank God for the good things in our lives, we are aligning with him, and we see he is God, the source of all our blessings, and we are his beloved people. I call it the principle of thanksgiving. When you give thanks to God, you're acknowledging that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. Let me say that again. When we thank God, we're acknowledging, we're saying, God, we know you exist and we know you reward us when we seek you. Now, does that sound familiar? This is what the Bible says in Hebrews 6, 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. When you thank God, you build a faith connection with him that satisfies this requirement in Hebrews 11.6. When we thank God, we build our own faith. We make it powerful. 
and we are pleasing to God. Now let me read you the context of, of Hebrews 11:6, which says we must believe he is and that he rewards us when we seek him. By reading the verses that come before and after it, let me just start at verse 1, chapter 11 of Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that is where, and that is why, Thanksgiving is so powerful. When we say, thank you, God, it's so powerful because we're acknowledging God and we're saying, thank you that you've blessed us. Thank you that you, are ex you exist and that you blessed us as we sought after you. When you pray, thank you, God, for something specific in your life, you put the mighty principle of thanksgiving to work. Your faith grows in your personal relationship with him and you grow in God's favor. When I stop and pray, thank you, God, or thank you, Jesus, or thank you, Father, I can feel it in my spirit. I can feel the wonderful connection I'm making with God at that moment. And we can string these moments together. We can stop and pray, thank you, Father, thank you, God, two times a day, five times a day, ten times a day. And each time we do it, we walk closer with God. And what a joy that is. You know, when I pray, thank you, God, sincerely, stopping what I'm doing, not haphazardly, but actually stopping and thinking about the words, thank you, God. I feel the presence of God. And you know, feeling the presence of God that's the best life has to offer. Feeling the presence of God in our life is better than a new car. It's better than a new job. And it is why heaven will be so wonderful, for heaven will be filled with praise and thanksgiving to God. Let me read to you from Revelation. I'm going to read from the beginning. The first one, I'll read two, two uh, different passages. The first is Revelation 4, 5 through 11. And here's what the Bible says. And from the throne of God proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there were a, was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and back. And the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature was like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. 
and the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes all around and within, and they did not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sat on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. Can you see the praise and thanksgiving that fills heaven? Now let me read you a second passage from Revelation also describing what's going on in heaven and what will go on in heaven. And this is from Revelation 11:15 through 17. Then the seventh, an seventh angel sounded and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, we give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come because you have taken your great power and have reigned. Now I think you can see from those passages that the sound of thanksgiving, the, th the sound of thank you God is heard from one end of the kingdom of heaven to the other. It fills heaven. It fills heaven right now, and it's going to fill heaven when we're there. And what do we pray in the Lord's Prayer? Don't we pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? If God's kingdom comes on earth as it is in heaven in our hearts, our hearts will be full of thanksgiving. Thank you, God. In other words, let thanksgiving come on earth in our hearts as it is in heaven. So we see that we are blessed and connected to God when we give thanks and that heaven will be full of thanksgiving. So let me ask you this. Is today's message that we should say and pray, thank you, God, often? Is that an important message for us to heed? What do you think? Yes, we should be full of thanksgiving and we should be continually saying, thank you, God. You know, what worries me is sometimes we can become ungrateful and sometimes we can become unthankful. And just as thankfulness builds our relationship with God, so unthankfulness and ingratitude breaks our faith relationship with God. Someone once said, ingratitude and unthankfulness are the first steps to falling away. They are the first steps to a downward spiral from the love and blessing and promises of God. Let's read Romans 1, 18 through 32, which describes a downward spiral of people who fail to be thankful. Let me turn in my Bible to that. Now, first I'm going to read you verse 21, because that's the key verse in today's study of this passage in Romans. Verse 21 says, Because 
Although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. All right, that's verse 21. It talks about why this downward spiral happened to these people. But let me back up, and I'm going to read you what comes before and after that, which says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Let me stop there for a minute. God's wrath is revealed against unrighteousness and ungodliness. God loves people, but he's angry with sin. So when you read this, don't read it as if God's wrath is revealed against men. It's actually revealed against the acts of men if they're ungodly or unrighteous. Because, let me continue on, verse 19, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And here's verse 21, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore God gave them over and up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. And for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one for another, men with men committing that which is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And so, and it continues on, downward, downward, downward. And it all started because they were unthankful. Now, God loves all people, and he doesn't want any to perish. He's kind and he's patient to all, hoping everyone will return to him. And that is why the Bible says, in Luke 6.35, let me read that for you. Love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For God is kind to the unthankful and the evil. You see, God loves even those people who profess to be his enemies. He does good and is kind even to the unthankful, hoping that they will change. But when we are unthankful... We are our own worst enemies. If we are unthankful, we start down that downward spiral we read about. You know, there was a man who had a daughter who was sick, and he took her to the emergency room in the hospital, and the doctors looked her over and said, we don't know what's wrong with her. We're just going to let her rest. And the man was very worried, and he sat in his room, and he said, I'm going to pray. So he got down on his knees, and he said, Lord, if you will just heal my daughter, I'll go to church every Sunday. He got up. In a few minutes, a nurse came in and said, good news, your daughter is better. And the nurse left. And the, and the man smiled and said to God, forget about what I said, God. That rest she took made her better. 
You know, so often when we have a need, we will pray for God's help. And when God's help comes, we act as if it came from somewhere else. If our child is sick, we pray, God, heal her. And when our child is healed, we think, hmm, it must have been the medicine. If we need a job, we pray, God, help me find a job. And when God helps us find a job, we think, hmm, it must have been my resume. From this moment on, let us be people who actually are thankful to God. When we pray for his help and he answers us, let's be thankful for that help. Now, Jesus gave an illustration of this and it's found in Luke 17. Let me turn in that, turn that my Bible. And it's about 10 people who were healed. And it begins at verse 11 in chapter 17 of Luke. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then he entered into a certain village and there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet and giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten clean? Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not found any who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the tenth man, Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Now what can we learn from this parable? We learn that Jesus and the Father notice whether or not we return to give thanks for the good things he's done for us. Let me take a break and we'll be right back with my final thoughts. We hope that you're being blessed and encouraged by today's message from Mosley Collins. He's available to speak at your church, Christian group, or Bible study. There's never a charge for his ministry. If you have questions about today's subject or you wish to invite Mosley to come speak to your group, you can reach him at 916-444-4444. You can also request a copy of today's message. Just dial all fours for help or more information. Now let's get back to today's message. We've been, thinking, we've been talking about how important it is we give thanks to God. Thank you, God. We need to stop and pray that. You know, Jesus thanked the Father throughout his ministry on earth. And so we read in Matthew eleven twenty five, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. We read in John eleven forty one, And Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven. Father, I thank you that you heard me, he said. Do you see how Jesus used this act of thanking God to create a strong connection between himself and the Father? We can and should do the same thing. You know, if we pray for a new job or a better job or a promotion and we get it, we have a choice. We can thank ourselves, our hard work, our resume, our friends, our past achievements and so on, or we can thank God. We can remember him. Thank you, God. So every day, we have a choice, whether we're praying for a sick child, a new job, money, all the things we need. Every day we have a choice. So let's you and I purpose in our hearts right now that we are gonna be like the 10th man who came back to Jesus, who said, thank you, Lord. Let's be people of thanks. 
I love you and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Real Christianity. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by today's message from Mosley Collins. Mosley lives with his family in the Sacramento area. He's available to teach at your church, Christian group, or Bible study. There is never a charge for his ministry. If you have questions about today's subject or you wish to invite Mosley to come speak to your group, you can reach him at 916-444-4444. 